right, welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Layup NBA podcast. It's just me, Samuel, this week. Um, before we get started, make sure you check out the fastbreaklayup.com. I've been putting out consistent content as of recently, so I'd appreciate it if everyone just took their time out to check that out. Make sure y'all subscribe and make sure y'all leave a five-star rating. It helps us a lot over here. Um, and let's get into some of the main headlines this week. And I'll be just giving my quick thoughts on certain topics that have been having that have been going on this week in the NBA. So first thing that happened this week in the NBA that caught my um, interest was the Heat versus Bucks game. A lot of people had that game circled because the Heat are one of the top contenders in the Eastern Conference right now. And a lot of people were, were wondering if they were going to be a formidable opponent for Giannis, considering the amount of like length. And a lot of defenders that they have, like Iguodala, Bam, Jay Crowder. And they actually proved to be a, a formidable opponent for them. I mean, they they beat them, and they had Giannis looking bad out there. I mean, I sort of saw it coming, but at the same time, I, I, was, like, ho- I was kind of hoping for Giannis to rise to the occasion, you know, because everybody's been trying to downplay his MVP chances as of recently with the stretch that LeBron's been having. And also the fact that they were on, they were on pace for 70 wins. Now it's looking that's most likely not going to be that way. But yeah, um, a lot of people wondering now if the Heat have revealed some sort of um, formula for beating the Bucks in the playoffs and specifically containing Giannis. I mean, we have yet to see because we don't know what other gear that Giannis will take it into once playoffs start. But yeah, I thought that was just very telling. And I mean, this week overall has been very telling for the Bucks and a lot of those people that don't want Giannis to win MVP. He's been making, he's been making it very easy for them to make their case that he's not, but it's only been for this week. Um, Next story we got is Knicks beat the Rockets. And R.J. Barrett have had sort of a clutch game winner, but of course that wasn't the main story of this of this game with the Knicks here. We had um some Spike Lee drama, Spike Lee versus James Dolan. Apparently, Spike Lee was um trying to go through his regular entrance of the employee entrance, and um security told him that basically he's not allowed to use that entrance anymore, and he he went he was eventually let into the game. And he was able to catch like the second half of the game. And he spoke with James Dolan at halftime. But after the game, the Knicks had released a press a press release, as they always do these days. And they basically were like, oh, you know, it was just a disagreement. And that Spike and James Dolan came to an agreement that he will no longer use that entrance. I mean, with the Knicks, it's always something new. It's always something with James Dolan. We had later on this week that, um, not even later on this week, but like right after that that happened, he went on first take the next day to basically refute the whole thing and basically say that James Dolan was putting his own spin on it, et cetera, et cetera. And then we had later on that week at a Knicks game, of course, Knicks fans, during a blowout loss, they were chanting, sell the team. So... And those guys got kicked out, as it's always been recently with guys that have been chanting sell the sell the team at the Knicks games. I mean, for me as a Knicks fan, I'm like, to what point does it have to get for the NBA to intervene 
like they see how this man is running the team and it's just it hasn't led to any success like he's he's he acts like an immature child half the time and i don't know i feel like adam silver should be able to do something about this like or the owners like they have to have some type of way that they can vote him out of his position of power because it's like ridiculous at this point and i'm just speaking as not even just a knicks fan but a basketball fan because we all know when the knicks are good like it's good for basketball in general because it just it just it just it's just different when a new york team is competitive um right after that news came out that Kyrie had um successful shoulder surgery and then um i think it was that same day um the nets were playing the celtics celtics were up by at least 21 points and they were up by 17 heading into the fourth quarter um at that point karis levert only had 14 points heading into the fourth quarter finished the game with 51 points and I think it was Kev a couple weeks ago or even last week that was saying that Karis LeVert is like going to be an X factor for this Nets team in the, play- in the playoffs. Because, I mean, although we don't expect them to really do anything that special, that um, even though we don't expect them to do anything that special in the playoffs, LeVert is going to be the guy that's going to be like carrying them on his shoulders. Because, I mean, he has the most potential out of the the group, the, the guards that they have remaining between him, Dinwiddie, and I forgot who else. But I found it funny that um that they led this it was Karis LeVert and not even Spencer Dinwiddie that led this comeback. It was um Chris Chioza, a guy who was on their Long Island Nets G League team that was on the court. So I don't know. Um but another key like one key factor to them coming back this the Nets against the Celtics was that Tatum was not in this game. He was out with the flu, I believe. Hayward left the game with injury. Smart fouled out in overtime. Jalen Brown also got hurt with a hamstring injury. And Kemba was on a minutes restriction. And I don't even think he saw the floor in overtime. So that within itself just just shows you what had to happen for this to basically go through. But um, next key game this week was actually Luka versus Zion. It was um it was key because it was a first back to back for Zion. I think this was the the first time that Luca f- faced off against Zion. Um, Luca also got the most triple doubles in Mavericks history. Now, um, he had thirty seventeen and fit in thirty seventeen and ten, I believe. Yeah, and him and Porzingis actually had a good game playing together. So that was something that was that was key. Because a lot of the times when Porzingis played well, it was because Doncic wasn't in the lineup. And Doncic was, has been able to play well with Porzingis in the lineup. But when they're in the lineup together, Porzingis is the one that usually struggles out of the two. So it was interesting to see them actually figure it out. But if they continue to figure it out, I feel like they can play upset in the first round depending on the matchup that they face. Because right now they're the seventh seed. And right now, the Clippers are the two seed. But earlier this week, the Nuggets were the two seed. And I think if the Nuggets are the two seed, a lot of people would think that um, the Mavericks have what it takes to beat the Nuggets just based on the fact of, like, the Nuggets aren't really a proven team in the playoffs. And on top of that, the Nuggets, um, like, Murray is very inconsistent. Um, Harris has been bad this year. Michael Porter Jr. doesn't get consistent minutes. So there's a lot of question marks for the Nuggets, even though they're a really good team. But a lot of people feel like 
the combination of Luca, Porzingis, and the three-point shooting that the Dallas Mavericks have can um can dispel whatever the Nuggets put out there. Um, in that game, yeah, Luca is the first player in Mavericks history with a 30-15-10 game. He joined Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and Kobe Bryant as the only guards with that stat line since 2000. So there's a key stat for you right there. Um, Deion Waiters signed with the Lakers this week. So Lakers are filling up that roster spot that they did when they, they opened up when they released Troy Daniels, who signed with the Nuggets, actually. So I guess that adds some more shooting for the Nuggets bench. Um, Clippers beat the Rockets in a blowout. And the Rockets have been on a, they've been on a losing streak as of lately. And it started with my beloved Knicks. And it's continued with the Rockets. The Hornets had them down 20 to zip. I believe it was yesterday. I'm recording this as of Sunday at 11.02 p.m. So, yeah. And then um, today they were they were down the whole game toward the Orlando Magic, and they lost by 20. So that tells you right there, like, I feel like teams are starting to figure out their small ball lineup. And I had wrote a piece on 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 my website about how how like what this lineup will look like in the playoffs and how teams will be able to figure it out over a longer period of time. And I guess teams are watching how other teams play this lineup and they're trying and they're starting to figure out how to defend it and how to play against it better. So I don't know. And I saw a tweet today from Kendrick Perkins and Channing Fry. They were both criticizing James Harden's lack of will to win so to say so yeah um we had steph curry he's back he returned on thursday i believe it was with a with a 23 7 and 7 game and he actually made the game competitive against the raptors the defending champion raptors while he was out there basically by himself because there's no clay there's no um there's no Draymond. There's no Looney. So he's out there with Andrew Wiggins, Pascal, um, and Marquise Chris and all those other guys that they have on the team. And he had a really, I mean, he didn't have the most efficient shooting night, but it was still fun to see him back on the court. Cause I mean, the NBA has been kind of boring without him in the spot, him and Clay Thompson and just the Warriors at full strength in general. Cause even though all these years, everyone's been complaining that the Warriors ruined the league. You at least were you at least were entertained by Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson because like when those guys caught fire, it was just something to to marvel at, and it was just like amazing to watch for all those years that they were together. But yeah, the NBA has been really missing them. And I saw I saw these numbers the other day. Their game, that game that Steph Curry came back, actually had more viewers than the Clippers Rockets game earlier that day, the Zion versus Luca game and the um the lakers game that happened on that tuesday that happened that that tuesday prior so that just shows you the whole ratings issue that the nba has been having this year is probably has, has been mainly due to um its stars being out like steph clay kd Kyrie. so i feel like when those guys come back next year they'll be the um the end the whole um rating situation will be not that big of a deal because that's been like the main issue this whole this whole season. So um next thing we got is Yusuf Nurkic. He is coming back March 15th against the Rockets. 
So Rockets might have to tally that another L up in that column right there because because Nurkic is another big body to put down low with Hassan Whiteside, and we've seen that teams have been they've been beaten up down low on the Rockets, and it 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 didn't start with the Knicks game, but the Knicks game was the most evident one because they got out rebounded by like thirty. 30 plus rebounds. So yeah. That says that says all you need to know right there. And then on top of that, the Rockets have also been missing a lot of three-pointers. I mean, they've had um I'm seeing here on Twitter games with 35 plus three-point misses, uh, 36 for the Rockets. So they've had 36 or so games where they've missed 35 plus three-pointers. I mean, like the saying goes, you live and die by the three. So when it's going well for Houston, it's really going well. And when it's not, it's really bad. And they're like on a four-game losing streak. And who knows where it goes from here. I don't know who they have up next. But, I mean, it looks like any team could beat them right now. Because we saw the Hornets beat them the other day. The Magic beat them today. We saw the Knicks beat them, like, earlier this week. So that tells you all you need to know. Um... Next news, which was very surprising to me, was on Saturday when I woke up. I woke up to the news of the Nets mutually, quote-unquote, parting ways with Kenny Atkinson. We all know what that means. It means he got fired. Um, um, everybody was speculating that, oh, Katie and Kyrie orchestrated this move for Atkinson to be out because Kyrie wants Ty Lue to coach them next year. I mean, that's so, that's so predictable of Kyrie to, to want. Um, Ty Lue. I had a feeling that Ty Lue's name would come up in relation to Brooklyn somehow within the next year or so. So one of my predictions came true right there. But of course the Nets are going to say, Sean Marks already came out and said that Katie and Kyrie had nothing to do with it. Of course they're going to say that. And then reports later on throughout the day came out saying that Atkinson allegedly didn't want to coach Kyrie and Katie. I mean, First, I find that kind of hard to believe, but also at the same time, Kenny um, Atkinson is a developmental coach, so he works better with, I guess, younger rebuilding teams and not with a contending team or a team that's looking to contend. But at the same time, wouldn't you want to give him a chance to see what he could do with the roster at that point? Because he hasn't had a healthy roster all year. He's had this team consistently in that 7-8 spot, so they've been consistently like a low tier playoff team, but they've been able to keep that spot so far. So that, that already says within itself. And I mean, we saw what he did with the team last year. I mean, he's partially responsible along with Sean Marks for the culture that they have down there in Brooklyn. So yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, they also said players wanted Atkinson out. I mean, I don't know. I, I doubt it's the guys from last year, like Levert, Dinwiddie, Harris, Jared Allen, like he—he's the reason why some of those guys are the way, are the way they are right now. Especially Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie was one of those guards that was like in the. I remember seeing him like put up crazy numbers in the G League, and then I was wondering like, would that ever translate to the NBA? But when he got with um Kenny Atkinson in the Nets, they gave him an opportunity to, excuse me, show what he got. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was those guys, but I heard something about DeAndre Jordan being upset that he wasn't starting this year. I mean, 
he should be happy they even gave him the 40 million dollars that they gave him because he's not worth it in my eyes to me like he's washed up at this point and he's just basically a bench lob threat like that's all he is nothing more nothing less so he should just count his blessings for that 40 million he got because that's probably the last big contract he's gonna get but that's my whole spiel on deandre jordan but it's funny. It's funny too because today they played against the um, Bulls, and the first thing the new head coach, the interim head coach Jacques Vaughn, did was start DeAndre Jordan over Jerry Allen. So I mean, that just shows you already, like those boys, Katie and Kyrie, pulling the strings for their boy DeAndre Jordan. So, um, my thoughts also on this situation is I think the Knicks should hire him. He originally used to work for the Knicks, actually. Back in the day, during the Linsanity days, like from 08 to 12. And he, yeah, he was with the team during that time. And I feel like he would work really well with the type of roster that we have. Because the, the type of roster the Knicks have right now is like a lot of young players that just need the opportunity to play and develop in the right system. And I feel like after seeing what he did with those guys in Brooklyn, I feel like he would do some justice with like RJ Barrett, Frank Nilakina, Mitch Robinson. Maybe Trier, maybe Dennis Smith, hopefully Kevin Knox. So, so let's hopefully we can see some of that Jason Tatum type potential that Kevin Knox had or allegedly had. But yeah, I would really like to see the Knicks hire Kenny Atkinson because I feel like he would be able to really turn that situation around. I mean, he wouldn't be able to fix the situation completely because we know it stopped. It starts at the top with James Dolan. But this would be a bandaid over the wound that James Dolan has opened up on the Knicks. Also from Saturday, some news that came out was the NBA is considering playing games with no fans in the arena due to coronavirus and may also consider keeping locker room access only for players and team personnel. Um, LeBron heard this news actually after the, I believe it was the Friday, the Friday night game against the Bucks. And he was saying that he won't play unless there's fans there because that's who he plays for. And I totally understand where he's coming from with that because it's like you, you're you going to be playing in an empty gym. Like it's going to be basically like a pickup game. It's not going to have the same feeling, the same meaning, although it has although it has regular season implications and implications for the playoffs and et cetera. But it just won't feel the same having nobody in the stands. And could you imagine trying to watch a game with no one in the stands? I mean, it would be like extremely boring. and it just wouldn't feel right at all. So I totally understand where he's coming from with that. And I feel like probably a whole bunch of other players would share that sentiment too. Cause I mean, we're seeing how, um, I haven't seen actual clips of like how the games are being played overseas in those like, um, Italian soccer leagues and stuff like that. Cause I've heard, I've seen the the pictures of their empty arenas where the players are playing and practicing. And it's, it just, it just, it just doesn't look right. Like, I can't imagine that happening with the NBA. So hopefully it doesn't get too serious to that point where um, where games are being played with no fans. Because I feel like fans add that extra element to the, to the games that make it more exciting and make it more meaningful that it's being played. Um, going back to Friday, Lakers versus Bucks. This was a key game because it had, unfortunately, it had MVP implications, which I did not think which we would be talking about at this point. I mean, when you look at um, the season Giannis and the Bucks have been having, I feel like it's been like he's been the runaway MVP choice. I mean, we've talked about it on the we haven't talked about MVP a lot on the on the pod recently because we felt like the MVP has basically been locked up by Giannis. I mean, 
like when you look at um when you look at like what he's been doing he's been doing it consistently for the whole year and like the way the bucks have been like pounce have been beating up on teams and stuff like that it just it it just didn't make sense to even entertain the discussion early on the discussion was way more wide open cuz you had luka luka since then has been, has deal has dealt with injuries and hasn't been consistently in the lineup for dallas We've had James Harden, who's went through shooting slumps, and Russell Westbrook had to pick him up and the team up at that point. And then we have LeBron, who I have a little mini rant to go on about this LeBron MVP discussion because last time I checked, when there's two top five players on the team, they cancel each other out according to um, every Golden State hater these last couple years when Katie and Steph were on the team. Because... When KD and Steph were on the team, it was, oh, Steph can't be MVP or KD can't be an MVP candidate because they cancel each other out, their top five talents. So it, it, they cancel each other out, so they can't be MVP candidates. And it was like, but like, look at the numbers they're putting up. And then even look at some advanced numbers, like when KD sits and Steph is out there, how his impact is different from when KD is out there and Steph's on the bench and stuff like that. And we saw, we saw stretches where KD played without without Steph for periods of time. And then we saw periods of time where Steph played when KD wasn't there. And it was just like, these guys are playing at MVP levels. Why can't they be included in the conversation? Everybody was like, oh, two top five talents, they cancel each other out. Now it's two top five talents with LeBron and AD, and now both of them can be in MVP conversations. I'm not, I'm not understanding that. But all in all, I think Giannis is still the MVP regardless of what LeBron's been doing. Because I feel it's also like, this this MVP race kind of mirrors the rookie of the year race from last year, how Luca was doing everything consistently the whole year. But like after All-Star break, Trey Young started turning up. Everybody was like, oh, Trey Young for um, rookie of the year. It's like now with um LeBron, it's oh LeBron just started turning up after All-Star break. Let's give him let's give him MVP now. I mean, it don't it doesn't work like that. Hopefully the media stops trying to push this narrative along with their rookie of the year narrative for Zion. Because I feel like both John Morant and Giannis have been playing really consistently and have been keeping their teams in the prime position for them to win those awards. So I feel like they should be rewarded for that. And it shouldn't be the MVP, the MVP and rookie of the year should not be given off second half surges and stuff like that. I mean, props to LeBron for what he's doing, because, I mean, he's doing remarkable stuff since All-Star break. But, like, give give props to Giannis for being consistent the whole season. So. I feel like that should that should um that alone should um dispel that whole MVP media push that the 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 ESPN especially has been trying to push as of recently. Like they've been really going really hard at this MVP narrative for LeBron. I don't know if he paid those guys or anything, but like it's it's ridiculous how strong it's come these last couple weeks. Um some key um not key news but another signing of note i guess is um the clippers signed Joakim noah they added another person to their um lebron avengers someone to annoy someone to annoy lebron in the playoffs i guess or just another body to put out there because just in case they play with the lakers in the postseason i guess to have that that other center to match up with javel ad and dwight howard because you know the lakers have the big bodies but um Speaking of Clippers and Lakers, they actually played today. It was a pretty interesting game. I feel like it kind of got ruined by the refs blowing the whistle so many times because it's like 
this is a potential playoff East Western Conference Finals matchup, and then we just have the whistle being blown a million times, ruining the momentum and the flow of the game. So it it was just it was just annoying, but. I felt like it was an okay game. Paul George had a really good game today. I didn't see it coming because he's been actually struggling a lot to find his own rhythm and his flow because he hasn't been able to consistently be in the lineup due to um, injury injuries that he's been dealing with, especially the hamstring. Like if it felt like every time he was coming back from one injury and starting to get into a groove, another injury happened and then he wasn't able to. But as of recently, the Clippers have been healthy as a whole and they were 10 and 0 before this game with their complete lineup fully healthy on the court. So yeah, they um Clippers um Clippers played the the Lakers today and um Kawhi and Paul George they did their thing. One thing of note to me was um Lou Williams was not playable towards the end of that game and I was just like I was like, this is not gonna be this is gonna be a hard decision for the um the Clippers in the postseason because it's gonna be like, okay, do we want offense or do we want defense? Because teams are gonna look to lo- look at Lou Will as the as the weak link in that lineup. Because on in that lineup you have Kawhi, you have Paul George, you have Montrez, you have Marcus Morris, four solid defensive guys. Um, and then you have um Lou Will, who's the smallest guy in the court, and he's also not known for his defense. So that already right there in itself makes him a target. And then um, then you have to figure out, do we want Pat Bev on the court for defense, but he's not going to provide that much offense. So that's going to be a tough decision. It depends on matchup, though, too, because I feel like the Lakers have the Lakers. This is the first time I've really seen this matchup get exploited between the Lakers and the Clippers. So if they meet down the road, this might be something that they um they might have to adjust with because Lua was not looking good out there, but yeah. Um, some quick, some quick little stats here. Um, for the bucks, March, March has not been good for, could has not been good to them. They're no longer on pace for 70 wins. Giannis, of course, recently just got injured in that Lakers game out with a knee sprain for two games at least. He'll be reevaluated in a week. They lost three of their last four games, including a game today to the Suns. They lost 140 to 131. Middleton had 39 points, but he is no longer shooting 50-40-90. So him being part of the 20 points per game with 50-40-90 club is looking very slim. Um, I spoke about James Harden um, earlier, but here's some stats for how he's been shooting as of his last five game out of his last five games and since the new year. So shooting he's been shooting thirty-one percent, thirty-one point seven percent from the field and twenty point three percent from three in his last five games. He has shot thirty-nine point four percent from the field and thirty point four percent from three since the new year. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, the Lakers, the Rockets are now on a four game losing streak. So and here are the tweets that um, I saw earlier from Channing Fry and Kendrick Perkins. So Kendrick Perkins said earlier, I'm starting to question if James Harden got the hunger for winning. It's inex- inexcusable how he's been playing lately as if he don't care about winning. And Channing Fry said, I'm glad I'm not the only one that sees it. There is literally no passion for winning or making winning plays. I mean, 
I've been called a hater for saying some of the exact same stuff that these guys are saying, but hey, I'll I'll let the pro I'll let the pro say it so they can say it for me. Um, last week we spoke about awards. Um, I felt like Dennis Schroeder had locked up six man of the year at this point. He's been averaging nineteen points, nineteen plus points per game and four plus assists per game. Um. And the last two people to do it since um, 1983 have won six man of the year. Those two people are Lou Williams in 2017-2018 and 2018-2019. So Dennis Schroeder looks like he's on track to win um, six man of the year this year. Although Lou Will and Montrez will put up a fight because they've been playing really well off the bench for the Clippers. They basically play starters minutes, which I don't know if... mm, I mean, Dennis Schroeder plays starter minutes too, so... He also came up with a very clutch steal at the end of today's game against the Celtics. Um, after Chris Paul, after um, right after that, Chris Paul played some clutch defense on Jason Tatum. So OKC, they actually snuck into that fifth seed spot today. So watch out for them in the playoffs. I would not want to meet them in the first round if I'm one of those um four, five, six teams. So we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the season, but. Yeah. Um, spoke about LeBron. He's been killing it since All Star break, averaging thirty eight and ten on fifty five percent field goal percentage. Uh, beat the best team in the NBA. Beat the unbeaten healthy Clippers. Outdueled Giannis. Outdueled um Kawhi Leonard. Game winner versus the Celtics. Had a season high forty points against the Pelicans, and he had his third thirty point triple double after turning thirty five. So he's been killing it. But I mean, this is all since All Star break, and we kind of had the same thing with Trey Young, as I said earlier, with how he had a late season surge trying to get that Rookie of the Year. But I mean, this award is not based off one half of the season; it's based off your whole body of work throughout the whole season. I feel like Giannis was just more consistent, but hey, that's just me. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure y'all leave that five stars and hopefully the rest of the gang will be back here next week. And that's it.